Hi, I'm Breck. And I'm Sally. And we're two friends that wondered why it was so hard to make friends as we got older. Join us each week on Bask in Friendship as we explore friendship themes and tips on forging better bonds. We believe female friendships are going to save the world. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so happy you're here and sticking with us on this journey to go deep on female friendship. What's come up for us, for Breck and I, since we launched the podcast, is that we've had interest from literally every woman we talk to about this idea. And sometimes that interest evolves into a podcast guest. But more on that in a minute. minute. Breck, what topic are we digging into today? It's a good one. Uh, I think when we started talking about this idea, we realized it was actually one of those topics that had a dozen subtopics. Um, So the stories and the lessons, the insights, they're all endless. But basically today, we're digging into friendship after a big life change. Specifically today, the subtopic is after a divorce. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think if you're going to ask me what one time would be in my life when I'd need a real female friend, it'd definitely be throughout a major life change. It was like before our life change, we're all just swimming along, business as usual, ho hum, life goes on. Yep. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> sometimes it's that slow boil and sometimes something big happens. Um, But we know that that life transition happens in adulthood on average every 18 months. And so change is almost the norm. It's inevitable. But it's the change for good or for bad. And that it's life is no longer the same as yesterday. And that's what really necessitates the need for your real friends. And it seems like that need for a friend is like really strong during that change. And then after the change, the need just continues. Um, There's likely even a need for a different type of friendship during that transition. If I'm thinking back to my own life changes. Um, So what better, let's get right to it. What better to continue to dig into this than to chat with someone that's been there and to hear from her firsthand experience, how it all went down. We'd love to welcome Sari Kimball to the podcast. Hi, Sari. Hi, thanks so much for having me. We are so glad you're here. Sari is a food industry expert that runs her own consulting company, helping food entrepreneurs. And she's on her way to become a business coach, I think. Um, So awesome. We're so glad to have you, Sari. Tell us more about you. Yeah, so I'm... I mean, I'll just start with the basics. I'm I'm 45. I'm single and uh, um, no kids. Uh, but yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I have I've had my business now. I'm in year six, which um, I think about year four. I was like, oh, it's working. <laughs> like, it's I have a business. It's yeah. actually working. And um, you know, being an entrepreneur is a, a whole topic in and of itself. But um, yeah, I help people in the food industry, um, help people bring their packaged products to life and get their dream out of their kitchen. Um, so that's my my day job. And um, yeah, I'm excited to just talk about more about this concept of friendship and rebuilding friendships um, through a divorce. Yeah, awesome. Um, so like, let's drill into that. Tell us more about your 
relationship, um, getting married, and then walk us through getting a divorce. And obviously, we want to dig into friendships, but like, just give us the kind of foundational elements. Yeah. 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 I, um, I don't know. I mean, everybody's story is unique, but I, uh, I didn't get married till I was 30. Um, so I was, I felt like at that time I was a little bit later in the process. My twenties are kind of about figuring out my career path. And I thought I had it figured out. I was a teacher, um, (laughs) at the time and, and actually met my, uh, soon to be husband. He was also a teacher. And so we had a whirlwind, um, year long courtship. And the next summer we were getting married. (laughs) And I always said, well, um, you know, by the time you're 30, you know, you know, you're more clear on what you want and, and just go for, go for it. Um, and we were married, uh, 10 years or just a little under. So I'm, I'm really actually very proud of that relationship. And, I, I think my longest relationship before that was, I want to say six months or nine months. So <laughs> I count it as a big win, honestly, going 10 years. So um, certainly 10 years with dating. And, um, you know, I, we did, we didn't have kids. So um, in some ways, I, I guess that makes things a little bit easier, but I mean, I was all in on, on the marriage and, and so was he. Um, but I like to say that uh, there just there was an expiration date, and I certainly didn't get married to get divorced by any means. But after ten years um, of growing together and working through things, and you know there was counseling at times, and certainly hard times and amazing times. Um, but but for us, I, I felt like there was just an, an evolution, and and there was things I needed to do in my life. Um, that I didn't feel like I could do inside the marriage. And so, um, I like to say that, yeah, there was an expiration date on that and, uh, it was very amicable. I mean, it was honestly a shock to me. It wasn't, um, something I'd been planning and, and through a conversation, it just kind of came out that I think, I think the relationship has ended is, you know, reached a conclusion. And, um, I like to say that, you know, there was, it was kind of a, a, good divorce with like one bad day of like getting up the stuff, you know, (laughs) and just stupid things. Like I want that vase. No, I want that vase. So he's actually remarried now. Um, I think it was harder for him because I was the one initiating and it was a little bit of a shock for both of us. Um, And so I was 40 or almost, you know, 39 and a half when, when we separated and, um, uh, he, you know, he has come back and said, you know, I'm really actually really grateful he did that, Sari, that that has been really hard. Um, and it really was an easy decision, but it was the right decision and I could feel it in my gut. And I think he's very happy with the the woman he's with and and just a better match for him in his time of life, his season of life and who he is. Um, I mean, I think that's the big challenge of marriage is how do you evolve separately, but how do you also evolve together? And um, it was time for me to evolve on my own. (laughs) So I took that leap and uh, that was a big year for me. I call that the year I took a shotgun to my life and all my identities. <laughs> I, I wasn't a dog owner. I wasn't a wife. I wasn't a homeowner. I turned 40 that year. 
I got diagnosed with a gluten allergy and I was living in the beer capital of the United States. <laughs> it's like, and then I, and then I also got laid off from Whole Foods Market. So, and I was living in my mom's basement. <laughs> so, it was a really dining year for, for me, <laughs> but, um, you know, clean slate allowed me to say, what do I really want to create in my life? The slate could not have been cleaner, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what else. Yeah. Like all the identities that you can, like, but at least I have my job. At least I have my career. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> That's like a, a soul shaking year because it's not one. It's like, it's all. I know. And I've had people ask like, well, would it be better? You know, maybe it would better spread that out. But honestly, I'm so grateful it did happen that way because it did allow me to, to, to really reinvent myself and say, what, what is it that I want? Which was the whole purpose, the whole reason why I wanted to separate and, and for the divorce anyway. So, um, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I created all of it, right? (laughs) There's no accidents. And, um, so it all led me on a path to, to where I am now. But um, I really found myself, I, that was probably one of the hardest pieces was um, during the separation and moving into my mom's basement. Uh, <laughs> that's a really shiny moment for me. But actually, the silver lining is that uh, she and I really got to connect. And after my dad had passed away, um, she was definitely very lonely and uh we had grown apart a little bit in the, through, in the mayor, in my marriage. And so it was really good to reconnect with her. So I laugh, I joke about it, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, yeah. So I found myself kind of looking around and being like, I don't have any friendships anymore. I have not nurtured the friendships. I'm sure a lot of women can relate to this. That's like, you get married and you're like, okay, I'm good. I got the, you know, I got the companion to do all the weekend things and the trips and all the things. And, and to, you know, my friends also had gotten married or, and we're having kids, which is a whole other layer of busyness and, um, you know, dedication and focus elsewhere. And so I just, I had not nurtured a lot of relationships. And the one I did that my best friend lived in another state. And so I just found myself like, oh, crap, I don't, I don't have anybody around me anymore. Like, who am I gonna, who do I want to hang out with? And, and then like, how do you make friends at 40? This is really strange. And have you, if you just walk us back to like, as a couple for 10 years, did you have couple friends and did you have shared interests that allowed you guys to cultivate even couple friends that maybe as divorce happened, it just wasn't as natural for you to just have a single, you know, friend out of that couple. But yeah, can you talk to us a little about a little bit about friendship as a couple and then um how that evolved as you went through the divorce? Yeah. Um I mean we're definitely like his friends and then and then they had, you know, their spouses and partners. So um, we kind of, we had this shared activity of going to breweries because we were in Fort Collins, <laughs> the, the Napa of, of microbreweries. Um, and so, 
uh, there were friends definitely of his that, that we kind of became couple friends. There were uh, friends of a couple friends of mine where there was some like in and out of couple where we were kind of couple friends. Um, like I said, I had my one best friend, but she had moved um, a couple like a year or two prior. And yeah, other than that, I really didn't have any like one-on-one female friends. Like the old ones had kind of, you know, faded out or moved and transitioned and spouses and kids. And then I never replaced them. And <laughs> except for, yeah, with the one best friend who was had moved. So, um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of the friendships, you know, you kind of went back to him, <laughs> I guess is the best way. Like, again, it was very amicable, but they, you know, they went with him because they were friends with him first. And, and then it's like, well, how do you, how do you make friends in your thirties and your forties? And, and like you said, a lot of it is around shared interests. Um, and, you know, a lot of it was around career. And so usually around like our working environment and, uh, and that kind of thing. So, you know, as a teacher, as a professional, he had access to a lot of other kind of similar like-minded people. I, on the other hand, was at Whole Foods and retail, um, a lot of younger uh, people, you know, working there. And so it was, uh, I had to like really evaluate and take stock of what, what are my interests? And honestly, I mean, if I can just say like my words of advice around divorce, um, somebody actually told me this and it was the best advice I got uh, was take a year and don't date, don't do any, don't make any big life changes and, and just recalibrate, like figure out, I feel like I spent a year going, do I like that? Do I like that music? Do I like that food? Do I like that TV show? (laughs) Do I like that activity? You know, and really evaluating it for me and saying, is this something I like, or was this something I just did out of habit or compromise or, you know, I mean, wanting to make the other person happy and nothing wrong with that. But there were also a lot of things on there that I was like, oh, I don't actually really like that. Like, I have not been back to a zoo since, <laughs> since <laughs> I was married. I'm like, I don't really like zoos. And my ex-husband <laughs> really likes zoos. Like, everywhere we traveled, we had to go to a zoo. And I'm like, I don't like zoos. <laughs> so... It's just such a good practice to take inventory and go through an entire season of like holidays and all the things like that are going to come up, all of your triggers. And then, I don't know, that seems, that felt to me like a really good clearing, (laughs) getting, getting refreshed. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because there is like this just... I, I think like even in a platonic relationship, like if you had a roommate for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Any relationship that you just, they rub off and then you have to reevaluate. So in that point, like in having like a, a blank slate, I think you touched on something really good too, which is like, there's this friend attrition that we keep in having these conversations tends to happen like mid thirties ish, like as people's lives kind mm-hmm. of go in different directions and I think that's a good point to like acknowledge and like have the self, um, the ability to self-identify that like that wasn't something you nourished because you had companionship. So it's like the need wasn't painful enough. It wasn't immediate enough, but right. you realize now like 
take taken one one of your companions away how how important friendship is where did you start to look where did you start to like did it start by you identifying that you needed friends or did it start by you finding yourself and what you really liked and those people just came to you because you were a more true version of you yeah I think it's a little bit of both and it was about I started to do some new activities. I got involved with a nonprofit that was in my industry and that I was passionate about. And, um, and so I, uh, was getting involved with that and I met a a gal uh, who ran it and I was like, Oh, I kind of like her. And I, I felt all like creepy weird. And I was like, um, I remember we like had a good conversation and we were at Whole Foods because we were, I had gotten the the nonprofit involved with the community day and, and we like did a photo thing. And afterwards I said, it sounds really weird and really creepy. And I just don't even know how to like do this anymore, but like, would you like to hang out? Like, could we go out? <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm asking you on a date and I'm not like, it's like a friend date. Um, I was like, I don't know. Would you want to hang out? <laughs> and we just, she laughed and was like, yeah, of course. So, uh, so yeah, that was uh, my first friend post-divorce, Ashley. And I <laughs> very much remember that, like where I was and how I felt. And because I really felt very clueless on like, how, how do you make friends? <laughs> how do you actually go out, like do something with somebody? So... <laughs> Have you, have you found other techniques, like the kind of awkward pointing out that this is weird, but I'm going to go for it in the room. Um, have there been other techniques that have worked or ones that haven't worked? Yeah, I'm trying to think back on, um, you know, I mean, I, I will say like, I, I'm an introvert, so it's not like I need a whole huge group of friends. Um, my personal preference is to have kind of a smaller group number of people but have high quality people um but I would say it has been harder than than in my 40s than it was in my 20s to have that just because you know careers and life and and if um you know if, if you if you have a bunch of single friends that's kind of fun but then um but then you know the reality is in our 40s like a lot of some of my friends are married and some of them have kids. And so there's just kind of limited um, time available. Uh, we're not going to be hanging out all weekend, <laughs> like going on, you know, a bunch of girls trips or something like that. So um, I mean, definitely finding hobbies or uh, shared activities that you enjoy, um, you know, finding similar interests, I think is a good place to start. I've definitely, um, uh, yeah, I found another friend, girlfriend through that same nonprofit organization and she was single. And so we definitely had more bandwidth to, to hang out and spend time together. Um, I think that one was more organic, just kind of like, oh, we should, you know, great, great meeting. Let's go grab a drink <laughs> kind of thing afterwards. Um, and then I've met some people through like networking uh, groups and and yeah, a lot of times it's just been me kind of emailing afterwards and then, you know, following up with a work thing, but then like, Hey, we should, you know, let's go hang out. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, uh, and I've reconnected with a couple of older friends from, from my twenties, um, which has been fun to, to reconnect, but then I found myself, I moved to a new city, um, an hour, an hour difference, but from my, where I grew up, but, uh, I moved in October and then, and then pandemic happened like, you know, in March. So (laughs) I was like, Oh crap. Again, like, uh, this is interesting. Now I got to meet, how do I meet people? You know, <laughs> I was trying to do a lot of business networking and being a solopreneur. I work from home, but I was doing like, a, um, shared, you know, shared spaces, um, working space a couple times a week. And my whole purpose was not for working. It was to meet people. And then they shut it down with COVID. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that was a bummer. Um, but yeah, and since then I've kind of revived a couple friendships. Um, I, I knew actually knew somebody who moved to Denver as well, and uh, that I was friends with kind of pre <laughs> pre marriage, and so connected with her. And you know, it, it's different now. It's not. It isn't necessarily the the girls' trips and the long weekends. It's more like brunch or go get a manicure, or pedicure, go for a walk, or something like that. Um, so they're they're definitely shorter bursts and maybe not as frequent as as I would like, but everybody has their own, you know, their own pace and um and what they want to do. So uh, you know, I'm still looking for friends, honestly. <laughs> like I'm dating as well. And but man, it is nice to have girlfriends. Like there was a time when all I did was date and like not having girlfriends when I first moved down here. And that was that was tough. I'm like. I really just need somebody I can like hang out with and not be on with all the time, you know, um, like you are with a date. So super important. Well, you you are not alone, Sarah. You are definitely not alone. We we feel it too. Um, I have I have one question about like being on the other the friendship during the divorce, meaning you're getting the divorce. Like, what what do you wish you'd had in a friend? So for our listeners that maybe friends to somebody going through a divorce right now, like how can they show up to you? Like, what do you wish you'd had while that was all Mm. happening? Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, like I said, I bear as much responsibility as, as my other, as they do, but, um, you know, wherever you are in your relationship, uh, making it a priority to connect and to stay connected. And, and we're so fortunate. Uh, I know I use, Marco Polo a lot with my, um, my best friend who's in, in Washington state. And that's really helped us to stay connected. Um, it's just, how do you create those threads of connection throughout your relationship, even if you're not seeing each other all the time and, you know, apps like that, uh, Voxer or Marco Polo are great for connecting on, your schedule and then they can connect on their schedule rather than trying to find those shared times together. Um, so that's a great tool, but I guess, yeah, when, you know, I think that it's easy to feel a lot of judgment when you're the person going through the divorce, like you kind of make assumptions about what you think everybody else is thinking about you. And so, um, just, reaching out and, and saying, you know, I'm here for you. Um, you know, I love you as you are like no judgment. Um, cause we all have our own things that we're going through. And, and so it can be pretty lonely. Yeah. When you don't have those connections and, 
Um, you know, I think the people in my life definitely do love me in that way. I just didn't have very many of them. So I had to kind of go start fresh, but if you're able to keep the threads going, even in the marriage, and then if you find yourself on the other side, um, that, that those people can show up for you and just say, I'm here for you. And how can I help? I love hearing your story, but it's also like, I feel like to the point of like echoing that, like you're not alone. I have a, a, a friend who was recently a divorcee and she had a very similar story. She was like, I woke up and I was like, I don't have a friend. And she made it like, and it was like a, is a really shy person by nature. And she was like, She's like, I feel like I'm dating everyone that I meet. At, she would just ask everybody after class. This is back when we could go to fitness classes. But she would like just yeah, ask anyone yeah. she saw all the time and be like, do you want to get coffee after class? Do you want to get coffee after class? And I, not knowing any of her backstory, just thought this person is so amazing and friendly and like putting themselves out there. And like, I would love to be as extroverted and friendly as this person. And it was only after meeting her did I find out. She was incredibly shy and it was like this painful experience yeah. that made her be that way. But so it's so funny that there's like two sides of the coin, right? Which is all yeah. I saw was a person that was so brave and putting themselves out there. And so. Yeah, it, it is cool. interesting. I, I actually did that a couple of times at um, like a Pilates class where I would uh, yeah, connect with somebody and, you know, if they were new to town, I'd be like, oh, I'm new to town too. We should go, you know. <laughs> we should go get coffee or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's so bizarre. It just, it feels un, like unnatural in a way. Cause you know, when we're younger, we just form these friendships so easily in school because you're sort of forced in these shared experiences together and, and you create bonds and connection. And, and then, and certainly, even, you know, my twenties was all about waiting tables and college and <laughs> fun and and those friendships come pretty easily too and then and then it's a whole new ball game when you when you start over in your 30s and 40s and I, I think you alluded to this actually um in this concept of time and like a saturation of time or a density of time or a volume of time like when you're young, school affords you the opportunity to just have lots of time with lots of people, right? So we get the yeah. opportunity to like really see people and like who they are, get to know them. College, again, kind of lets you do that. Or if you have a job that you're going to regularly and maybe a little bit of time after the job, after you're done waiting tables, there's time because you're yep. showing up yeah. over and over. And as we get older, we now have a little bit more freedom, maybe a bit of financial freedom, maybe a bit of, of freedom in the sense of time and opportunity and weekends because we have jobs that maybe, maybe allow us a bit of time um, to explore on our own or to pick and choose where we want to spend the time. So all of a sudden, that density with the same people becomes split over quite a few different things, especially if we're like trying to figure out, do we like rock climbing or do we like book clubs? Like, do we like rollerblading or do we like canoeing? And all of a sudden we're just spread. So you yeah. even mentioned like, as you were making friends in the last few years, like just having time to like show up or time to have a walk or time to connect with Ashley, like that's what enables you to grow a friendship. So I guess ultimately my question is, how do you choose how to like spend that time and, and how to give your time to people as you've gotten older when you know you also want friends to to spend time with like how do, 
how do you make that decision? How do you decide how to spend your Friday, your Saturday? Well, maybe it's like uh, what is it like the the adage that the the popular the most popular girl is the one who's sitting at home on <laughs> Saturday night because uh, <laughs> everybody's too scared to ask her out or something. Um, I mean, I find like I, I would love to actually spend more time with people. Uh, you know, I I feel like now I make those plans and it's like maybe once every month or two I'm seeing you know hanging out with that that girlfriend. So. Um, I would say I actually have more, more time available, um, than I do like people who want to fill it <laughs> friendships. Um, so it's, it's a work in progress and certainly COVID, um, provided some interesting, <laughs> um, we'll call them opportunities, but, uh, or challenges, however you want to look at it. But, and honestly, like we just have to make it a priority, I guess, when you talk about how to s- choose your time, like, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I did find myself a couple months where I just was like in the winter where I am in Colorado and it was dark. And I just was like, well, I guess I'm just going to work. Like I just found myself working all the time. And the last few months I've really made it a priority to say, no, fulfillment is really a priority for me. And it can't just be all about achievement. And so finding that balance, um, so yeah, I think a lot of that just comes down to to priority and kind of seeing who you click with. And and I'll also say, I was talking about this with um, my best friend, Alicia, and we were talking about kind of different categories of friendship. And I've noticed that my, this is kind of Buddhist, but my greatest amount of suffering comes from wishing somebody was a different kind of friend. So I can think of a girlfriend that we clicked really quickly and we went really deep, but then she also has gone through um, a relationship breakup and now she's kind of on a different path. And I created a lot of suffering for myself, wishing she was like she was, you know, when, um, when we were hanging out under different circumstances and like, oh, why can't we do this anymore? And why, you know, why isn't she showing up this way? Like, I didn't change. I'm still <laughs> the same person. And and so we were talking about this idea of like, like reducing your suffering by understanding that sometimes you're going to have friends that are just like super surface level and that's okay. And you can like laugh and talk about, you know, I don't know, just kind of girl things or, or, you know, whatever interests there are. And then sometimes you're going to have those friends that are like much deeper friendships and, and you go deeper and you, maybe you do the girls trips and you do some of the, you know, the longer, more intense time periods. Um, so I don't know. I just find that to be really helpful uh, to remind myself that, not all friendships are going to be exactly the same and it's okay that, that there's different kind of categories of friendship and to delight in all of them and that they all serve a purpose, um, and can, can help make your life fuller and richer. It's just try not to be like, but I want you to be in that category. (laughs) Like, Like that's just that, but that maybe it'll have like you just never know how friendships are going to evolve and circumstances change. People have kids, people get divorced, people change move, you know, move cities, like understanding that change happens and, and kind of being flexible. So well, beautifully said, Sari, that was amazing. 
Yeah, you're welcome. I've really enjoyed being able to <laughs> talk about my my learned wisdom of uh, making friendships, and and I'm excited about what you guys are are rolling out, and and this co- even just this concept, and understanding that even a, like just being aware that other women. I think it's easy to think like everybody else has all their friendships locked down and reminding myself like, no, no, <laughs> other people are open to friendships and I don't know their backstory, like you were saying. And to echo your point, like it's a constant, like it's constantly evolving. You could have like your good friends on lockdown and then some life situation happens and and, and it's yeah. different or someone changes categories. Like we talk about that too. Like someone that you think is like a, a really close friend like who even knows sometimes the backstory, but then they become more of an acquaintance and they just kind of filter away through time or, or necessity. And like, it's that I think being intentional, that's our hope about having all these conversations and about Bask the app is like, there's intentionality. And like, if people show up saying, I want friends and it takes away all that awkwardness of like these asking people for coffee afterwards and all this stuff, because really that's like our human bond. We all just need good people, good conversation, more of that. Like there's never, the bucket's never full. Absolutely. Always room for more and, and just different, different types of relationships. And yeah, so great. So sorry. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like to get deep with us today, please hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us a note if you and a friend want to share your friend story with a broader audience. See you next time on Basque and Friendship.